Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Welcome to Mischief Makers, your one-stop shop for all things mischief. Join your host, Dave Hearn, as he finds out what makes mischief, well, mischief. Hello and welcome to Mischief Makers. Uh, my name is Dave Hearn and with me I have the extremely talented Miss Bryony Corrigan. Hello, Brian. Hello, David. Extremely. Hello. I got an extremely. That's exciting. Yeah, you did. Uh, sometimes I think I couldn't work out which one to do for Harry Kershaw. I think he got like outrageously the, the truly wonderful. It should have been outrageous, shouldn't it? It should have he been is outrageous. outrageous. Um, so we had a little chat before this started. So you kind of get the idea of the of the of this. I don't know. Is it a podcast? I don't know what this is. Yeah. I, I, is that I what you call I, it? A podcast? Yeah, I'd, I'd um, refer to it as a as a podcast. Like yeah, a- sort of recorded event yeah it's an event yeah. well, it's certainly <laughs> an event at the moment <laughs> with the way things are <laughs> yeah so um so yeah the purpose of it is for people to kind of get to know uh people in uh, in mischief mm-hmm. and i think everyone was very excited to get to know brian corrigan we got a lot of oh. great questions through Excellent. um but we'll uh, we'll get to those the questions from the web a bit later but we'll start with um the getting to know you section mm-hmm. uh and so obviously as you know um i haven't got any jingles so i'm asking people to do jingles so could you give us your uh, getting to know you jingle <laughs> all i can ever think of is that song getting to know you right okay um um, um getting getting, getting to know you not nice there was sort of like a, a uk garage vibe yeah that's that's what, what i'm what i'm all about Getting to know you, Brady Corrigan. Yeah, exactly. Getting, getting, getting yeah. to know you. That's, yeah, that's that's my vibe. Okay, well, this is good. Well, let's get to know you. <laughs> yeah. um, okay. So, uh, <laughs> so the first uh, question I've got here mm. is: um, so you are from Newcastle, is that right? Yeah. Yes, indeed. Originally, I know there's a lot of. Um, there's a lot of kind of rivalry amongst the kind of northern areas, which I don't know a lot about, but mm. you have to be quite specific. Mm. And you are specifically from Newcastle. Yes, I am specifically from Newcastle. So, yeah, I'm, I grew up in, um, in Tynemouth. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, so, so, yes, the, the, I mean, the main rivalry is um, Sunderland and Newcastle have a, big, have a big rivalry, mainly because of football. And do you guys have similar accents? Yes, very similar. But um, okay. the main one that I think of 
of so Sunderland. We Newcastle says like school, and Sunderland mm -hmm. more like school, school. It's a bit more like kind of more a little more scouts. Yeah, it's like it's weird. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So if I were to say to someone from Sunderland, "Oh, you're a Geordie," that would be quite offensive. Oh, they'd be yeah, they'd be fuming. They would not enjoy that. Okay. Yeah. And then, and where does I actually don't know this? Where does Geordie come from? What is that? Uh, don't know. That's just <laughs> yeah. a word I've always known. Yeah, I've never known that. Yeah, I don't know. Why? I don't, you mean like why is it called Geordie? Yeah. Is was it? Was it once called Geordie Castle? <laughs> you know what? Should we have a look? I don't. I honestly don't know where why it's called. We could Google it. Yeah. Or uh, guys, people who are listening to this, answers on a postcard. Answers on a postcard. That would be great. Via, Let us know. via Twitter. There you go. I should know more about my heritage, I suppose. But well, the thing is, is I so this kind of leads on to my next question actually, because I don't. It's about having a kind of uh, sense of. Uh, identity mm. from where you come from and I don't really have that in the same way because I grew up in Essex yeah. and I think um, I'm not like proud of where I come from but I'm also like not not proud I'm kind of indifferent it's just somewhere that I sort of grew up yeah but I know a lot of people are very proud of where they come from yeah and um, and a few people that I've spoken to especially people that have come down from from the north or you know like Newcastle Manchester places like that mm. and also um even like Scotland as well, and and to some degree Irish people, and definitely Welsh yeah. people, um, they feel. I wonder if you feel. Um, I sometimes get a sense that sometimes the people that have moved and live and work in London feel uh, slightly guilty about it, and they mm. want to make sure they kind of stay connected to like their northern roots. Is that is that something that you feel or that you would agree with? Yeah, that's so interesting. Yeah, I think I I definitely do. Um... Yeah, I think that there is just a sense of, I don't know, like a pride and the the fact that you grew up there and sort of everything you learned was, is from that place and, and kind of rooted in those areas and, and kind of, uh, yeah, in the region that you grew up in. So I suppose, yeah, coming to London, like I, I love coming to London. Also, I've got quite a connection to London because my mum is from London. So that's why mm. I don't have like the strongest of accents anyway. Um, so I've always had like a bit of that in me, I suppose. But there's just I don't know that yeah, there's just you are you are drawn back to where you're from, and I really miss it. I think is the, is the other thing. It's nice to know I've always got it. Yeah, because yeah. you've done you've done quite a bit of um, work sort of out <clears throat> outside of mischief that <laughs> has been in Newcastle. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, so I did uh, two plays, both of which I think you came to see, Dave. Or maybe one. No, maybe you did see one. Um, but yeah, uh, I've yeah did two plays at Live Theatre, which is an amazing theatre in town. Um, and it's kind of like got a Royal Court type vibe because it does like a lot of new writing and supports new artists and yeah particularly new writers and does courses and all sorts um and it's really small lovely intimate venue um so yeah, i did two plays then and um did a workshop for sting's uh musical the last ship as well so yeah i, I like i like going back there a lot and do you think it's a good place for uh yeah like young actors and artists and dancers and all that kind of stuff yeah well the great thing about Newcastle is it is a real like cultural hub and um, mm. there is loads of like you know because you've got the Theatre Royal Northern Stage live theatre and then like loads of um, new little ones on the way up as well like Alphabetti and um, Worky Ticket and stuff and um, so there's loads of stuff going on then you've got the a whole a load of dance scene like I danced a lot when I was younger I went to Dance City and so there's, yeah, there's there's loads going on. But I would say, I think it probably is a bit different now. But like when I was growing up, I think it's harder because you're, because of the slight disconnect from London, I didn't really know mm. a lot about like the, the training or like my teachers weren't aware of like drama schools and, and you know, those sorts of vocation, vocations. Yeah. Much. Do you know what I mean? So I was lucky that my mum 
had been a dancer and knew about that and could sort of go, oh, I know about some, some schools that you would want to apply to. Whereas, you know, nobody really knew how to direct me in terms of um, drama school or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And there. do you think you might not have gone to drama school had it not been for your mum? Yeah, prob- probably not. I mean, I wouldn't have, yeah. I mean, I get a lot, my my parents are, are brilliant and I, so I was very fortunate because they used to take me to a lot of theatre and dance and stuff because my mum was a bar- ballerina when she was younger. So there's a bit of a mm. creative streak on that side. Um, but like, yeah, I guess if, if I hadn't been encouraged to sort of, I, I love dancing and doing sort of performing and stuff, but I think if I hadn't been encouraged, then I probably wouldn't have known, yeah, about drama schools and stuff at all. No. And so, yeah, what, what kind of advice would you give to some some young actors, some young Geordie actors listening to this? <laughs> um, basically, well, I think they've got more opportunity now because, as I say, there's a lot of, like, new theatres in Newcastle um, on the up, like Alphabeti and stuff, um, which is a new one in town. And um, I think it's called um, Working Ticket in Northfields as well. And if you mm. kind of join, just join up as many, like, different um, clubs and stuff as you can, I think, you know, and especially if you can do them for free, like, do them, definitely. Because I think, like, yeah. it's all about having experience, isn't it? Yeah, just trying to get as much kind of practice, good and bad, yeah. kind of under your belt. Yeah. And, like, now as well, like, you've got so much more access online. So you could, I think as well it is easier now because you can go on Twitter and find out, you know, a bit more about the drama schools. Like, the, the drama schools literally tweet, you know what I mean? Being like, this is where we're holding on. Yeah. And this, it's so much easier. Um, so I think there's a, yeah, you've got, there's nothing to lose. Like, go for it. <laughs> Yeah, just like learn as much as you can. Yeah, easy. <laughs> um, so, uh, so you've obviously uh, we sort of touched on it briefly that you've done a lot of uh, work outside mischief. Mm. Um, what is your what was your favourite thing that you've done that's not a mischief show? Ah, oh, difficult, difficult, lemon difficult. Um, <laughs> uh, well, I really enjoyed. Um, the little tiny bit of filming that I did on Good Omens last year or, the mm. week or whatever that was, that was fun because it felt like quite a big project, even though I was quite a small part. And to be on such a cool set was very exciting. Um, yeah. But I also have, I loved doing um, the, one of the plays in Newcastle, um, My Romantic History. That was such a, that was such a nice one. Um, hello, David. Oh, you've gone. Hello. Oh, sorry, I thought you'd gone. Um, oh, no, no, I'm still here. I was just, I was attentively listening. Oh, good. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, my romantic history was really fun because it was probably one of the biggest parts I've ever had. It's a, th- it's a three-hander play. And um, so that was the most I've probably had to learn since drama school in terms of, like, text-wise. Um, yeah. It was a lot of monologuing and kind of, scenes and, and stuff between the three of us so that was fun like that a lot she loves a good monologue oh, Brian and, Corrigan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and are you sure are you sure your favorite thing wasn't your brief appearance in holby city oh mate mate it was it was really fun um but yeah as, as you know uh my character, um, La Terrorista. <laughs> yeah, that was my fight name. I played a cage fighter. Bang on, perfect casting for me. <laughs> didn't you have, um, like, uh, what, didn't they do something to your hair and give you crazy makeup? Yeah, I had, I had cornrows. I had, like, proper cornrows. And um, I had to go for a fake tan, like, twice for it. Wow. Yeah. So I had to have like really tan skin because apparently that's uh, these um, like female cage fighters. That's that's the look. That's the look. So yeah, and then I had like really that's crazy bright pink lycra. Yeah, 
yeah, it, it was it was a look for sure. I think I've got a photo of it somewhere. Mm. I sort of rediscover it about every six months <laughs> and then just sort of tweet it to the mischief group. So it might be a time for a, a resurgence. So good. It's so good. Yeah, I mean... My, it's the face you're pulling as well. It's very funny. Yeah, well, because the, the storyline was the best thing because it, I, I, got, I got put in the hospital for an ingrown toenail. But then they found out mm. in a voluntary wink that I had that um, that I, I had a, maybe a brain tumour. So it was like, you know, it's very dramatic. Um, yeah. So, yeah, you know... I How it. did you find playing the involuntary wink? Yeah, that it was actually really difficult. <laughs> it was, it was, um, David. It was hard to, to, you know, strike a balance between a wink that was too big on camera and a wink that was you couldn't see. Um, so sure. the director was trying to get the perfect wink, and that that's fairly hard. Yeah. Were you ever given? Um, yeah, were you given many notes on the wink? Yeah. I mean, we had to. We really, like a lot. We had to reshoot the wing a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> well, because sometimes it looked like I was genuinely just doing like a sexy wing, which is not like that's not what they wanted at all. Um, yeah, I had to make it smaller, but it's quite hard to do. Like try like try doing a small wing. Um, I, I can do one quite. I think I can do one quite good. With, quite well with my left eye, but my right, my whole face moves. Yeah, well, like, there you go. Exactly. So you'd have to get, I could only do the left, but that's not on my CV though. <laughs> you should get it on the CV. You never know when Holby City might be looking for new um, new victims. Involuntary winkers, subtle left eye winker. Yeah. That's what I'll be. A little, A little winker. winker. <laughs> <laughs> um, so from your various jobs in theatre and TV and stuff uh, and sort of working outside of mischief, because we'll, we'll get on to mischief in a bit, but... Um, <laughs> What have you, uh, yeah, what's the kind of thing, if you learned from other actors, basically, about a really good thing to do in rehearsal, or have you learned from other actors, like, the worst thing you can do in rehearsal? Oh, God, that's interesting. Um, Obviously, you don't have to name any names if you don't want it. No, well, um, I did another play up in Newcastle called um, uh, Clear White Light. And I, I was very, very, very excited to do that one because I got to work with two um, Northeast actors that I had admired for a long time, one called Charlie Hartwick mm. and one called Joe Caffrey. And so being being in the room um, with them was, was amazing just to see, like, how they work and, like, the detail, basically just, like, the amount of, questions they asked and the amount that they were just asked I don't know about like I don't know just like question constantly questioning their character and the script and the like why they were doing certain things I think they're just so like investigative is that the right word mm. I think that yeah yeah they were like curious about yeah, just different so things curious. And it was I think that that's pretty amazing just like I don't know it really showed me just like how deep you can dip I mean it sounds a bit bit I don't know Thanks, but wait a bit winky. But uh, like, <laughs> how deep you can dig into a character, like how how important uh, that could be to, to finding out like as much as you can about them, even if it's a small part. Yeah. Um. But yeah, and then it, I don't know what else. What else? What else? What have I done? I don't know. Just be, just make mainly the important thing to learn is like how important being a team player is. Like being able to be yeah. a nice person in the room. Because as soon as you're not, or as soon as you're with someone that's not, they just stick out like a sore thumb. Do you know what I mean? Um, I mean, I yeah. think all the companies I've been in uh, of people have been very lovely. But, yeah, you, you know immediately if there's a bad egg. <laughs> yeah, I think um, I think we have that definitely with... Um we get like a quite a lot of questions come in about like audition technique and stuff like that. Mm. And some people ask about, um, you know, any, any do's and don'ts. And it's so kind of, um, weird that I'm often just like, Oh yeah. The, one of my main, one of my main don'ts is, it, or do's is, is just kind of come in and be a nice person. Yeah. Cause you'd be really surprised the amount of people that come in and try and kind of like make an impact 
and they just come across in completely the wrong way and they're probably not like that at all they're just they're just nervous or they're trying to to do something yeah but i think yeah if you're surrounded by or you know you're in a rehearsal where there's lots of nice people or really you know comfortable people to work with yeah and you're seeing auditions with lots of really lovely bright open people and then one person comes in it, it really kind of shines quite a bright light on it if they're if they're a bit of a knob oh yeah god yeah completely completely it's it's interesting to, like like sometimes we've obviously sat on like the panel of like some mischief stuff or, or i've just had to read in or whatever and it is mm. amazing how how quickly you can tell if someone's in the mood or not <laughs> You know, or when yeah. you learn, like had a go at learning it, or I don't know. It's amazing, like that. The energy that you get immediately when someone walks in the room is quite astounding. Yeah, it's like a weird sixth sense you develop, especially halfway through a day yeah. when you've already seen like thirty people. Yeah, yeah. And you get quite good at knowing. Mm-hmm. I remember we had one guy who came in, um, and he was a really, really nice guy. And um, and it's you know I think it's fine if if people haven't seen the play or haven't read the play mm. it's it's better if you have but it, it, you know sometimes yeah. people get auditions very last minute yeah but this um this guy came in and was just like you're all right uh how you doing <laughs> and I was like yeah yeah great um so let's just chat have you have you had a chance to read the play and he was like no no mm. and I was like okay mm. um have you have you have you seen it at all um no no okay do you know what do you do you know much about it or should, should i fill you in he's like um yeah i actually i don't know anything about it and then um so i, I gave him some information and then i went um i think he was reading it for dennis or something mm. and he was like yeah have you um have you got the scene to hand oh god and i went yeah yeah absolutely he handed him the scene and then uh and then he just stood there and read it yeah and it oh, became so clear such a- that he just hadn't even looked at it mm. No, I find, I find that... And you're just like, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, there's no point in you going in if you're <laughs> like that. But, yeah, no, I find, it, yeah. I find it quite baffling if someone hasn't read the play, actually, sometimes. I'm, I, yeah, yeah. It's hard, isn't it? Because I think you, if it's, if you get stuff, I think I've, I've had a couple of auditions where they've come through in the morning and I've, I've said to my agent or even been lucky enough to speak directly to the casting director and just been like I've not read the play I'm, there's no way I'm going to read it by this afternoon yeah and they're just like no 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 that's fine mm. but yeah I think other than a kind of extreme circumstance it's it's so beneficial just to know what you're walking into god yeah yeah totally totally well that's some valuable lessons yeah, for all yeah. you youngsters out there valuable lessons there's another jingle. An extra jingle. Yeah. An extra jingle. Yeah. Um, well, that brings us to the end of the getting to know you section. Uh, so do you want to do your getting to know you jingle? Again? Oh, God. What was it? Good, good, good. Can you remember it? You. I can't remember what it was. <laughs> I love how you bailed out right at the end. <laughs> Just absolutely getting to know you. <laughs> <laughs> so pathetic. About no, I liked it. Never trail off well, the end of the you got, a, you got another one. You got another chance now. All right. So we're going into questions from the web. All right. Okay. Uh, so this section is called questions from the web. Mm. Unless you've got a better title, I haven't thought of a better one. But um, like give us a uh, questions from the web jingle. Okay. I'm gonna go. It's gonna be totally different. Questions from the web. That was lovely. That was really nice. Yeah, and I went really RP with the questions. I quite liked. Questions. Questions. I forget that you can sing, Bri. I really do. Because I always remember when we did improv stuff that you were quite nervous. Very nervous. Nervous about singing. But you have a lovely, lovely voice. You should sing more. Mm. Mm. Maybe not. Oh, well, that's actually something I forgot to ask. Um, so let's rewind very briefly and go back to getting to know you. Because yeah. some people ask this, it's, it's a kind of crossover question, this, because some people ask this from the web, but also I think it's something that is also getting to know you. Um, so you're not an original member of Mischief, but how did you come about no. to be in Mischief? Okay. So, um, so yes, uh, Mischief was all, already formed many years ago. And uh, mm. had a show, of course, called Light Camera Improvise, 
um, uh, which the, you, you guys did in Edinburgh every year. And um, I did the foundation course at Lambda, which a lot of other people did. And um, and then and, and I was up in Edinburgh in 2011, I think it was, um, doing another improv show called This Is Soap, um, which was yes. a soap opera improv show. And, and a play called Shakespeare for Breakfast, which is where you take Shakespeare play and you kind of change it up and make it funny. Um, and I, I was very bad, but you guys came to see it. And um, then I was kind of offered an audition and had to go in and, and sort of improvise with some other people that you'd asked to audition. And um, mm. and we did some improv and then, and then I didn't hear for a while. And then I remember it got to sort of, I think it was like New Year and I got a phone call from Henry Lewis being like, in the New Year, we would like you to come and do like Sam Improvise with us. Would you like to come and come and be a part of it? And so I did. And yeah, yeah we started out at the Hen and Chickens. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and, the dream factory. Yeah. I think that was mainly one of my first things because I think I got thrown into a Hen and Chickens gig actually before that phone call. Um, because you were a couple of people down and um yeah i think that was the one where i ate the binoculars i think that was my very very first ever show Henry yes yes i do remember that and i thought he was passing me a sandwich and i ate it <laughs> and it was very clear that, that was very funny um yeah that was my first one it was like a horror set in a set in a play a, a fun fair yeah anyway oh wow that's a good memory yeah but then, then I sort of, yeah, we did the Edinburgh's and everything. And then I was still at Lambda when you guys started Play Goes Wrong. And yeah, just went from there, really. Nothing yeah, just kind around. of, once you're in, you can never get out. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah. You could, tr- you could try, been, but you can't. Yeah. I've been jammy. I've dug my way further in. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's also the dream, you know, really like sort of like a tick really entrench yourself in yeah yeah exactly <laughs> horrid horrid lice i'm a louse yeah well i'm glad i'm glad for your louse thanks thanks mate um it's a it's a fine addition i think as well like when we in the um in the early days when we were doing uh lights camera improvise i mean we were quite young so we took ourselves very seriously and then which i think was a good thing at the time because we you know we, we did comparatively quite well i think mm. but also when we were getting new people in, I think we tried to um, use the showstoppers as a bit of a model for how we should kind of train people up. Yeah. But they obviously are, they, they're older than us. They have much more experience and they have a completely different show. Oh. And actually I think we found that it, it wasn't helping us because we, we were kind of, you know, it's probably why you didn't get a call to the new year because we were sort of mulling over, you know, really seriously who we should get in and in actual fact the best way to to see if someone's any good is just to get them in a show and see what they do Mm -hmm. under pressure and then um yeah rather than kind of keeping them off stage for months on end and then (laughs) and then uh, then just (laughs) yeah because then there's so much pressure on that like one event yeah i I mean i was dreadful Um, i was dreadful at the beginning and i remember feeling like Oh God, everyone, all of you think that I'm just so awful that I should never have been brought in. <laughs> it takes like, particularly with improv and joining, like uh, some people ask about like joining an already established group or whatever. But like it was, mm. I was just like, because I looked up to everybody and was like, oh my God, I'm part of this group now and I've got to be really good and really funny. And um, I just put way too much pressure on myself. Now, now I try not to do that. Yeah. I was. Just, I no, that's think, definitely oh my true. God, I've got to perform an improv show tonight. Someone kill me. <laughs> yeah, it's quite a scary thing to put yourself through because I, I think like, and there has to be a certain arrogance about it as well, doesn't there? Like, if you, you you're going in front of an audience, right. asking them to pay money for something that you haven't prepared. Yes. And you're just like, <laughs> don't worry, it's going to be great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then yeah, and then sometimes it just isn't. <laughs> sometimes it just isn't and those are my favorite shows it is but yes there there have been some some stinkers (laughs) some absolute clangers can you remember a particularly bad one um i remember us doing like that tour of like 
oh god i can't remember where bristol and and bath and places and we ended up oh god yeah that was bad Italy or somewhere no where, where the hell oh, i can't remember where Burton? no buxton 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 the buxton water yeah i remember buxton being really bad and i was doing again like a horror set in a theater maybe and yeah was this the famous one with jono yeah i think that's the famous yeah, one yeah yeah he come on as a playing a rat or something and no, he he had he'd been in the chair. He'd been uh, playing the the Oscar, the director yeah. role for quite a, quite a while, yeah. and uh, he I think we chatted about this in our podcast that I had with him that he he came on, um, and basically like broke so many kind of like not improv rules but sort of improv staples yeah. of just kind of going. He he called me by my name, so he he came in and he went Dave. Yeah. Um, what he, he then asked me a question rather than sort of making a statement. He just said, what are you doing here? Yeah. Then before even letting me answer, said, get out. <laughs> <laughs> and then so one of the things that Adam Megiddo taught us really early on, um, and he's like our kind of improv consultant, and he um, he said, if somebody told you to leave the stage, you must. then just do yeah. it. Um, because they'll either be left on their own and have to bring you back on, or they have an idea and you're kind of moving it on. Um, and so I did. I just left the stage. But then that meant John was left on his own. So he looked at the audience and just went, yeah, and then left. <laughs> and that was the opening scene of the horror. Dave, what are you doing in the pit? Get out. Dave exits. John says, yeah, and leaves. Yeah. Oh, it was bad. Yeah, I particularly remember. I remember there being like, you know it's bad when there's just when like there's just coughing and no one's laughing and it's really dark. Yeah, <laughs> I think we had um we had a big we had a massive argument, didn't we? Like as a group, we really like Probably. sort of started to fall apart after that yeah. one because it was so um it was such a tough experience. Mm, no, but we got through it. <laughs> we did, yeah. We're 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 stronger for it now. No, definitely. <laughs> Okay, we've been we've been waylaid by um by by terrible improv. So um let's let right, let's go back to the questions from the web. And this first question is from Susie Donald. Uh and she asks, Who is your comedy heroine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's many, but um uh, my 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 all time go to is Julie Walters. Mm-hmm. Always. And also um I, I mean, I always say this, but I, I adored The Green Ring. It was like the thing that made me want to do sitcoms or, or comedy. And um, yeah, it's it is great. And that is filled with comedy women. You got Townsend Gregg, Michelle Gomez, and Olivia Coleman. Like her grace. So yeah, they're my faves. Those four. And who who are the guys in um, Smack the Pony? Uh. Don't know. That was um, Sally. Um, oh, Sally. Sally. Um, yes, Sally. Oh my God! Not Sally Field. Sally. Not the famous Broadway star. Fantastic um, blonde. Sally Phillips. Phillips. That's oh, it. Damn it. Yep. Oh, She's exactly. um, absolutely hysterical. Yeah, hysterical. And I used to watch a lot of um, Ab Fab as well. Yeah. I love that. I enjoyed that a lot. Love My parents love that. Yeah. So you, you have many a comedy heroine. Yeah. Many, many. But I also don't know if this question means, like, what is your comedy heroine as in, like, the drug? So, like, what's what, your... Comedy crap. What's your... Yeah, what's your kind of... What are you addicted to comedy-wise? <laughs> well, everyone... What's your comedy all, addiction? Everyone always says that in the improv, I'm always the one full of smut. I come out with smutting. You got a smutting about, yeah. Always smut, like, I, yeah, that's how I'm referred to as the one that was smutting about. Uh, but only really in improv, occasionally in life. Nah. But yeah, no, I, what, what is that comedy <laughs> crack? Don't know. Are you watching Shit's Creek at the moment? Y- yes, but not the new series. Like, is, the, is it on Netflix yet, the new series? I think so. Charlie watches it. I, I've oh, not seen it, but what I have, she's watching Brooklyn Nine Nine at the moment. Oh, lovely! Yeah, we've um, we've been watching uh, what, what comedy have we been watching? Have we been watching? Oh, we went back to watch Modern Family. 
Right. I haven't watched it in years, and then we, yeah, found it on Now TV or something. Oh, so good. So it's very good. So good. But yeah, I've watched all of Bits Creek. It's fantastic. A good recommendation. Yeah. Um, now, uh, this is from Ryan Pollard. Pollard? Pollard. Pollard. Um, he says, uh, what has working with mischief come to mean to you now at this point in time? And do you have any particular favourite slash special moments that stick with you to this day? <laughs> oh, wow. They're big questions. Um, mm. what does so it... two questions in one. Yeah, what does it Cheeky mean? Cheeky Ryan. Okay, well, I, I can remember a special moment, as I was saying before, and we've talked a lot about improv, I'm going to talk about it again. But uh, as I said, I was quite bad for a while. I remember um, there being a sort of everybody saying, like, don't worry, don't worry. One day you'll have, like, your show that makes you feel like something's, like, clicked and you've suddenly, like, got it or whatever. And it was in Edinburgh. Mm. I can't remember if it was the first or second year. I hope it was the first year. <laughs> that would make it much more, like, I wasn't so bad for so long. But um, <laughs> and we did a, an improv show that was one about, like, um, it was like a Roman epic, and I played like I ended up being the the um, the protagonist, which I always tried to avoid because I don't enjoy playing the protagonist. But I I did, and um, I ended up being like the king's daughter who who sort of rose up and then became like a sort of Joan of Arc. I remember everybody saying at the end of it, it was the first time I'd sort of taken a lead in the company and in the improv and everybody I came off stage and everyone was like that was your show that was the one like welcome kind of thing and I got my sort of yeah my proper welcome into the company which was lovely so that was a special moment oh, that's really cool yeah and then um oh my god there's been so many special moments like being on Broadway and that's pretty that's not a moment that's like a whole saga that's like a sort of a, yeah lifestyle Brilliant. choice for six months oh so good just amazing and like going to the tony the tony's going to the olivier's like all these things have happened these dreams because of the company so then it's weird most people have a have a, a like a, a what seems like a smaller moment because like nance had it i think yeah. i think hen and john particularly had like moments where we got uh like the first time we got a show to pleasance for example yeah. rather than like even winning an NBA or going to broadway or doing all these really cool things yeah. it's always a smaller moment early on that kind of sticks with you yeah well the thing well that that one of being accepted in is my is my main one like it's funny like that the small thing i even have like memories of us all i've got a picture somewhere my dad's got one as, as well of like us all on mattresses at john's house and like we're all yeah. sleeping in a line in his like conservatory or something <laughs> because we couldn't afford any like, um, you know, accommodation. Yeah, accommodation. Or <laughs> okay, so we stayed at John's and had to travel in, and we're all just on the floor in sleeping bags in a big line. And like that's a lovely moment, you know, like those kind of ones that make you feel like, oh yeah, my family, you know. Um, so yeah. what does it mean to me? I suppose that I mean John says it all the time that it is a family and it is mm. um and it means that I always have this group of friends um that I can like be creative with or just stupid with and kind of properly be myself around which is pretty yeah. cool like I don't feel like I've ever got to be like something else around that group of people like I can just totally be myself which is pretty awesome um, so it means a lot. It means a lot, lot to be in it. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's. I'd agree with that. Actually, yeah. There's that kind of that creative outlet that is um, is. I feel like you maybe or maybe you can attest to this actually because I haven't really done much work outside of mischief, but it feels like you don't necessarily get to engage with work in the same way that you do when you're doing a mischief show. We just have nowhere near as much creative input or like a. Yeah. A stamp of being like, I helped make that thing in the same way, you know? Because, like, you've, often you've, you've been cast by someone and you've got a... Which is true of, of mischief, to be fair. I've, you know, I've, I've been cast in, in things and not created some characters. But then you've got, I don't know, the ability to just sort of play around and always have your own input. That's it's just yeah. I don't know how to describe it. It's just slightly different. Um, 
yeah, than being in other companies. But yeah. Well, there you go, Ryan Pollard. Both of your both yeah. of your questions answered <laughs> for a cheeky double question. Um, I think you may have already answered this one. But this is from Joe. I want to say Cotteril. I hope I'm saying that right. Yeah. Um, but she said, uh, "What was it like joining an ensemble that was already so well established?" But I think you did answer that already. Yeah, so you can give a give a, a short recap. Short recap is um, it was quite difficult. Uh, well, yeah, just an interesting experience. Quite difficult in that the group was already so strong and knew each other so 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 well, and I was quite shy and nervous. So it was it was strange coming in, but then um, to be very readily accepted and actually pushed. I think that's the main thing. I think if I if if you guys hadn't all been so like you get on stage and you do it like that's how you learn, then I w- wouldn't have done it. <laughs> you know, sure. So much to to thank for everybody just like coming together and being like, well, you can do it. You just get on stage and you join in, and like that's how you will learn <laughs> and it's terrifying yeah that's the fun bit yeah it's bloody scary but thank god so yeah well there you go joe double answer for you again <laughs> um this one again i hope i'm pronouncing this right it's from mary christie um and she says my 10 year old son andrew would love to know uh how sore it was being hit in the face so much during the pilot episode <gasps> oh do you know well honestly it wasn't very sore <laughs> because <laughs> I mean the, the magic of it, I suppose, is that you don't actually really get get hit in the face. It's all um, I'd love I'd love to say I was very injured and kind of you know took one for the team, but actually it's it's all a lie. It's all a lie. I'm very very skillful. <laughs> <laughs> but this is a this is a question quite a lot of people have asked, yeah. um, particularly about the the physical gags and stuff. Mm. And um, I think uh, I I know the answer to this, but um, I think it's interesting for people to know is um, are the are the physical gags written in for you, mm. or are they sort of added afterwards? Um, they're usually written in. I mean, um, yeah, I'm trying to think. I think they're mostly all written in. Um, maybe mm. there's a couple that were kind of added. I can't remember if, like, you know, the one where the the, the in the the trial episode it's not really a hit, but where I like where the set suddenly the courtroom set suddenly stops and like I like fly out the front of it and swing around and then fall back. Yes, yeah, yeah. I can't remember if that one was written in or if that was like a sort of on on at the time we went. Oh, it might be quite funny if this happened. Or I can't remember. Yeah, they're mainly written. What would you think, Dave? I think, yeah, I think, well, I think it's probably a bit of both. I yeah. think often what happens is is that either one of two things happens. Or either the boys, when they're writing, just go, oh, we haven't had a joke for a while. Let's have someone fall off a chair. Yeah. Or <laughs> let's have, and sometimes yeah. it's something completely arbitrary where we're like, we haven't had a joke for three pages. Let's just get someone That's hit by something. Yeah. But then I think, um, I think like a, like a, and so the, the thing with Trevor hitting you with the door and mm-hmm. the, the the blackboard and stuff like that. Yeah. But then they are, I think they're then developed by you where you, the actual, it might not be word for word what's done in the script. It's the idea that, yeah. you know, whoever's then performing the stunt that goes, oh, okay, actually, if you put a line here, I can get myself into this position and I need a reason to go and stand here and I've got no reason to do this at the moment. It just feels like I'm yeah. moving somewhere to get hit in the face. Yeah. So it's kind of like having a finessed by the actors. Yeah, totally. And often we find, like, we, we just find ones that, like, I think in that same episode in the pilot, um, like the one where Charlie salutes and hits me in the face. I think that one was added in later just because we were like, oh, we're stood next to each other. Like, is that a good, maybe that's a good point to just get another hit in sort of thing. Mm-hmm. You find, like, you only sometimes find, like, when you start to stage things that you're stood by someone and actually there's a good opportunity for a hit or or whatever. And, yeah. Yeah. And they present themselves, they seem quite obvious when you're, like, mm. doing it and blocking it out. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I could slip or, yeah, you know. Or, like, you know, when we found out that the, like, the uh, the Harper's Locket indoor bit had, like, that step. Like, loads of stuff came out. Mm. Of that. Just, like, you and Hen going up and down the step just came out of there being a step and Charlie tripping over the step. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, like, Hen tripping over the croquet um loops and stuff like that all just came out of 
they're suddenly being a prop and going, oh, I could probably use this for some comedy. <laughs> yeah, we can, you know, give us an intro, give you a mile of comedy. A mile uh, of comedy, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Not all of it will be good, but, you know, take what you need. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, okay, and this is the final question from Questions for the Web, and probably my favourite. Um, I think it might be my favourite question so far ever. I can't wait. Uh, so it's from Ian Moore, yeah. and he says, if you were a WWE wrestler, mm. what would your entrance music be, and what would your finishing move be called? <laughs> ah, I love it! Uh, oh, my God, what would my entrance music be? That is a hard um, question, actually. Oh god, because now I'm just like, what? What, what? I can't think of any songs now. It'd be like, uh, what was um, what was Laterrista's music? Oh, I don't think she had any music, but I think it'd be pretty epic. <laughs> You'd need it to be epic, wouldn't you? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh god, I can't think of any songs. All all I can think of is I Have the Tiger, and that's so boring. And I'd want something. I've Tiger, no, that's great. I mean, it's great, that's really good. great music, obviously. It'd be epic. But I feel like a lot of people would choose that, you know? But now it's Could you, would you go for something more like Wu Tang Clan, Gravel Pit? Yeah. Or, um, or like a Sparks oh. and Kai, like a, yeah, well, no, what like a garage. Song that we danced to. Oh my God, I love what's that song that we danced to around that table at John Stagg? <laughs> I can't remember. We danced. Oh, was that, uh, Can't Hold Us Down? The roof, the one where it's just like, there, there we go back. This is the moment. Tonight is the night. Yeah, that's a great song. Oh, with her hands um, up, the, the ceiling can hold up. That one. They'd have that. I love that song. That, that is called. Yeah, that one. <laughs> Can't Hold Us uh, by Macklemore and Ryan Lewis. Yeah. There you go. There you go. That would get the blood pumping, wouldn't it? And then what would your finishing move be? My finishing move would be... Well, you see, um, in Hobby City, it w- I had a line which was roundhouse kick with a 360 spin. And now I, like <laughs> I don't even know what that is, but it would be that. Just in honour of Holby. <laughs> I always thought a roundhouse kick involved you spinning anyway, because it's a roundhouse. So presumably you do the kick and then you just spin. Well, maybe. Sort of an arbitrary spin. Well, maybe there's a du- Well, I guess I'm doing a double spin then. I'm doing the roundhouse and then a 360 spin. <laughs> just, just to, yeah, just to show off. Yeah, just to pirouette. A bit of showboating at the end. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. So the roundhouse with the 360 spin. It doesn't roll off the tongue, but I do like it. Okay, so we're, we're actually running a little bit over. Oh, God. Um, but, this is, but this is good. No, this is fine. So what we're going to do is um, we're going to jump forward to um, the quickfire round. And it mm-hmm. is just this, quickfire. Um, so very quickly, give us a, a quickfire jingle. Okay. Um, quickfire. <laughs> <laughs> I think we stole that from um, Justin Timberlake. <laughs> It sounded like you were strangling a duck. Ah, ah, <laughs> Did you even say quick fire? I don't even think I said quick fire. I think I said quiet. You were like, quiet. <laughs> there it is. That it's was, okay. <laughs> that was very good. It's, it's out there. Um, copyright. It's copyright, no, unfortunately. Copyright. You can't have well, it. It's, um, to the lake for a month. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> so you you obviously get the get the idea of quite far. Um, so it's I just ask you loads of questions mm-hmm. and just uh, answer them as fast as you can. Okay, okay. Okay, ready. Yeah. <clears throat> what is your favourite colour? Green. What's your favourite goes wrong episode? <laughs> Pilot. <laughs> What's your spirit animal? A cat. Who is the bossiest member of mischief? You, Nancy. <laughs> Very good. Uh, who's the most likely to corpse on stage? Charlie. Um, is a Jaffa cake a cake or a biscuit? Cake. What's your favourite film? Um, Mary Poppins. Uh, north, south, east, or west? Northeast. <laughs> Very good. Uh, and finally, uh, who would be the best person in mischief to be trapped on a desert island with? Yeah, hard one. Um, oh, God. Mm, 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 probably you. 
You don't have to say me just because I'm here. If, if I wasn't or, here. I think Harry Kershaw for just for the lols. We would definitely die. We would die. But it would be funny. Yeah. You'd die quickly, but you'd enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. We'd have a, it would be fun, I, but you, we would die. We'd perish. If you if you wanted survival, you go Mike Bodie, I think. Yeah. 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 Maybe. Mike Bodie's for survival. Yeah, because you would. But I think. Um, straight to building a raft. But I feel like you'd go yeah, and I also think mad, like eggshells. You'd just be like, "We got to find those eggs, man," and then we can make a laugh. <laughs> it's true. You know, just like, yeah. what eggs? You would come up with a crazy scheme. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Harry would try and drink seawater. Yeah, probably. I think he'd be like, "Look at all this delicious water." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just salt cocktail. Yeah. Um, would be um, great too, though. No, because it 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 run out of cigarettes and then get really grumpy. Yeah, no, that's a good point. That is a good point. Yeah, man. But um, well, Brian, thanks very much for uh, oh, giving us your time today. Thank you. No, it's lovely to have something to do. <laughs> um, yeah, it is nice to to have a kind of plan yeah. uh, for a bit. Um, um, but actually, because uh, I enjoyed it so much, just to close, could hmm. you give us the quick fire jingle again? Yes. Um. Okay. Quick fire. It was clearer that time. That was good. Quack fire. <laughs> I enjoyed that a lot. Okay. I miss you. Um, well, thank you so much. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening. Uh, I've been Dave Hearn and this has been Bryony Corrigan. Uh, do keep an eye out for our next episode and uh, follow us on Twitter and all the all the social stuff. Just look for mischief. We come up. Um, And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Keep making mischief. Bye. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.